Hey, what's up? It's another edition of the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Steve's Hometown Toyota. I'm Brandon Bainey. Coming up on today's edition of the PrepCast, it's about time we got back into the swing of the spring sports scene. We took a break the past couple of weeks to talk some basketball and uh, good conversations for sure, but we are rapidly approaching the end of the regular season yes district play starts uh, for a lot of schools next week and then you know we're into may state tournament time will be here before we know it uh, for track and field golf tennis baseball and softball so we're going to get back into the spring sports swing coming up on today's edition of the prep cast we will talk with eagle high tennis coach colin gillum the eagle mustangs looking to impress They've already impressed, but looking to impress at the state tournament level, they've got a really good chance, especially on the boys' side, to make some noise at state this year. So we'll talk a little tennis, and then we're going uh, to the exact opposite. So Eagle, a 5A school, one of the biggest in the state of Idaho. We're going to swing the other direction and go to one of the smallest schools in Idaho, Potlatch High School up north, and talk to their softball coach, Dean Butterfield. The Potlatch Loggers have only lost once this season. They are undefeated in league play, and they are the the number one team in the softball coaches poll when it comes to class 1a competition it's going to be a lot of fun and super exciting before we get to colin gillum and dean butterfield though got to let you know that the prep cast is brought to you by steve's hometown toyota in ontario where for the 18th straight year they've been named toyota's president's award winner for outstanding customer service don't forget to check out steve's hometown chevrolet buick gmc in fruitland and steve's hometown motors in weezer the steve's hometown dealerships proud to support the hometown student athletes as sponsors of the prep cast here on idahosports.com all right up first it's eagle high tennis coach colin gillum stay tuned for that and uh you might hear a cameo from his dog a little squeak toy or two in the background as well we had a lot of fun here's colin gillum we're joined now on the idahosports.com prep cast by colin gillum in his first season as the head tennis coach at eagle high school colin thank you for joining us how are you doing well thank you for having me so it's your first season as the head varsity coach. Tell us what that's been like. Um, uh, it's been good. Um, it, uh, it's been um, a good good season getting to know the players, getting to know the kids, um, uh, seeing them improve and progress um, as the season's gone on. So what was your background prior to becoming the head tennis coach at Eagle High? Did you know these athletes outside of, I know a lot of tennis coaches are involved in club tennis and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I knew uh, maybe 25, 40% of, of the varsity team going into the season. Um, I've been uh, the head tennis pro at Eagle Tennis Club uh, since it opened in 2016. So um, the the connection from the club to the high school is, is – um, pretty convenient. Um, a good number of the players practice there and are members there. So, um, I've known a lot of them since they were in middle school or the older ones, maybe sixth, fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, that is uh, an awesome facility, um, in Eagle as well. So for those, that, for those that don't know about it, maybe just, uh, explain what the, uh, Eagle tennis club is like. Um, it's, it's a fantastic new facility in, uh, the treasure Valley. Um, right now there's a 12, uh, climate controlled, indoor tennis courts um right on state street um we've got the full tennis club experience in terms of um lessons and and group programming for players age four and up um there's also some pickleball there's uh, ball machines it's um it, it's a it's a beautiful facility 
So that allows uh, year-round tennis competition, especially in the wintertime. But Boise, and especially that area where you're at, is known for really nice springtime weather. How's the weather been cooperating so far? It's It's been great. Um, the weather's starting to get warmer. We, we haven't had um, – we haven't had a, a match really lost because of rain yet. Um, over the weekend, the uh, the the Capital Classic did have to get canceled um, at the semifinal stage, unfortunately, because of rain. Um, but outside of that, it's it's the weather's been fantastic. Yeah, and that's why I was going to ask because I mean, this is like the big event of the year, the Capital Classic, and we had some really outside good competition. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, good competition until mother nature stepped in and forced the early cancellation. I mean, how, how much of a bummer was that? Oh, it was, it was very disappointing. Um, you know, a lot of our players were starting to play some of the best I've seen them play this, uh, this season so far. Um, you know, we had pretty much the whole team in the main draw semifinals at that point. Um, I know we were ahead in, in a couple of the matches that none were able to finish, unfortunately. Um, but I was looking forward to seeing, uh, how we kept doing um, as that event progressed. Unfortunately, we just weren't able to get it in. So with the abbreviated uh, tournament, uh, you were still able to, your girls finished in first place, right? And with the boys were yeah. third? Uh, yeah, we and the, the team overall was first. But yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's so that's exciting. Uh, how much of a, of a difference is it in terms of when you're playing during the regular season and you're competing against another school, it's, it's just the one match, but this is multiple matches over a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, Friday, it was four matches in one day. So, um, and, and it was spread out throughout the, the Boise Meridian Eagle area. So, um, it was really great to, to, you know, be checking scores as they were being put into the uh, computer system and seeing that um, players that might be at a site on their own without a whole lot of coaching support um, progressing and, and, and doing well um, against some teams that they'd never seen before with um, uh, Valley View and, and Fruitland and a couple other teams coming into town. So that was that was fantastic. Yeah. So for those that may not know, um, kind of describe the tournament. It's, it's the biggest one of the year. It's kind of the premier tournament in the, in the Boise area. How many teams come yeah. to this thing? I'm told there's normally, uh, 32 or 36 teams this year with some, um, gathering restrictions. There were 16 teams and, um, each, uh, roster spot was, is divided into a, was divided this year into a draw of 16 participants. And then within that draw, uh, everyone was grouped into um, pods of, of four. So kind of like a Grand Prix World Cup style almost, where you played everyone in your pod one time. Uh, the top one and two finishers progressed to the main draw. And then the third and fourth progressed to the consolation backdrop. And then from there, it's a single single elimination tournament. And, and as you said, it's kind of spread out amongst different venues. So yeah. Did you have a couple of players that were basically unsupervised were kind of on their own? There, I, everyone played at least one match on Friday where we just weren't able to get a coach out there. Um, myself, uh, I was driving between, I think it was six sites basically between um, East uh, junior high and Bora high school. So I was kind of driving all over Southeast Boise. And then we had a couple of coaches spread out more on the Meridian Eagle side of town, trying to cover as, as many sites as we can. But it, 
um, with five coaches and 12 sites, there's just no way to have everyone there all the time. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the assistant coaches you have helping out this year. Yeah. So, um, we've got a great group of, of coaches that are there to varying degrees. Um, we've got a, a Becky Goodwin is my, um, first varsity assistant coach. She's a, a very solid four or five doubles player. Um, this is her first year working with a high school team and it's been, is she's been great. She's got a lot of energy. She's got a very good understanding of, um, especially girls doubles and, and even and girls singles, how to, how to play that, that type of game and how to be successful. Um, we've also got Percy Chan, Chan. Yeah. Percy Chan, who's a, uh, I know him through Eagle tennis club. He's a, an assistant coach there and he's a volunteer at Eagle. Um, he's a, another very strong, uh, player that can work with a lot of different levels. Um, we've got a uh, coach Maggie, who t- it's her first year volunteering. Um, she was a, uh, she's a little new to tennis, but she's been a, a world-class professional, um, European handball player. Um, and so she's great with mental toughness and, and competition and, and those kinds of things. And we've also got, um, um, Alex Zhang, our, our mixed doubles player, uh, his father, um, has been a, a volunteer, um, for years, uh, with his brother, Adam and, and Andrew, they're his older brothers while well, they've been on the team. So, um, there's a lot of experience. There's a gr- lot of great, um, uh, collaboration between us. In terms of a tennis program, there's usually two schools of thought and it, it all depends on the type of athlete you have. You can either say you are my number one singles. You are my number two singles. That's your spot. We're going to keep you there all year. And then there's also times where you experiment and you're moving people around between singles and doubles and number one, number two, where does this year's group of uh, players fall in? You know, um, the boys team, um, was, was pretty straightforward where everybody was going to kind of fall, um, after going through tryouts and having some conversations, with the players that I knew and the ones I didn't know too well to figure out kind of where they thought they were going to be comfortable. Um, and who as a doubles player, if, if that were the case, um, who they thought they might play best with, um, the girls have taken a little bit more, um, experimenting with it. It it wasn't quite, it was a little bit more of a jigsaw puzzle. It wasn't quite as obvious. Um, so there's been some more experimentation on the girls side, but I think, I think now after the capital, we've kind of got things, figured out heading into districts in two weeks. Yeah. So like you said, by this time, hopefully you've got the lineup figured out. Do you, what do you have left for regular season competition? Uh, tomorrow we, we wrap up the regular season, uh, against Meridian high, uh, at four thirty at the Meridian high courts. And then, um, next week is a, a week of practice. And then, uh, we've got districts. I think that's May, uh, 10th to the 14th. And then, uh, the state tournament for those that qualify um, May 21st and May 22nd. So let's talk about those girls because they did take first place uh, at the yeah. Capitol classic. Uh, who, who have been the standouts this year? Um, I mean, it, it starts with Mary young. Uh, she's, she's been playing number one for us all season. She's a, she's a sophomore. Um, she's, she's fantastic. Um, she, she's got one loss from the being the season. She's, um, she's picked up her game a great deal since then. And, um, she, she sets the tone in a lot of ways for the rest of the girls. We've also got, um, Riley Bobkowitz, uh, that's been playing mixed one with Alex Zang. She's, she's really probably our, our second strongest girl. Um, 
and and between the two of them they they've been uh great leaders helping other girls out hitting with everyone you know um they've just, they've been fantastic leaders in that way so you mentioned their mixed doubles so i'm i'm from montana originally and okay. high school high school tennis in montana they don't have that it's just boys and girls so yeah. it's it's interesting to to be in idaho now and to see the mixed doubles where you have uh one boy and one girl competing i i like that it's yeah, it's it's a little bit different. When I coached high school tennis in Alaska, um, we had one match of of mixed doubles. Here, there's two. Um, when I was in Missoula, we we there was not mixed doubles. Um, so it's it's definitely a, a different different dynamic. Okay, so I just heard you say Missoula. You, I yeah. got to give a shout out. That's where I'm from, the Missoula okay. area in Montana. So uh, tell us a little bit where you, where you've traveled in your in your tennis coaching career. Oh wow! Um, I was born and raised in in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, I came down to uh, Boise State and uh, was on their team for uh, about a year, and then I've traveled. I've from there I've coached in um, the Fort Lauderdale area. I've coached in the. I went to Portland State. I transferred to Portland State. I've played tennis and coached in Oregon, um, San Antonio, Missoula, and uh, now I'm here. Wow! Yeah, What's- I've been around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what's it like playing tennis in alaska what what are the seasons like up there you know um there's there's indoor courts so you uh you can play year round the the high school season that i grew up playing in and, and coached in for eight years um is in the fall uh late summer early fall august to october um so you've got a you know a good 12 sometimes 16 week outdoor season um but the high school state championships are always held indoors kind of the first or second weekend of october when the snow starts kind of starting to come down and and what's the travel like up there? Cause I know it's kind of spread out, right? Oh, it's very spread out. Um, you know, pretty much all of the, um, during the regular season, there aren't regular season tournaments like the capital, uh, down here. There aren't a lot of, um, cross conference playing opportunities. You pretty much stay in your city and play, um, play the schools in your conference. And then, um, there's a district style tournament and then uh, a state tournament from there that that's usually an anchorage just due to um, that's where the most indoor courts and that's where the, the infrastructure for a tournament of that size really is. Cool. I, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't mean to divert from the Eagle oh. High seasons here, but this this is cool stuff. Yeah. 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 It's a little it's a little I've had an unusual journey in, in terms of, of being a tennis player and a tennis coach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of tennis players that are going to go on journeys um you've got a senior kyle garner who yes. committed to the air force academy to play tennis yes. that's very exciting oh it's been great having him what kind of player is he oh he's he's talented uh hard worker um really coachable he's um you know all the cliche positive coaching adjectives uh i could use would would go towards Kyle. He's, he's been fantastic to work with. Um, plus he's splitting his time, uh, during the tennis season with the track team. So, um, he's pulling double D. Um, he hasn't asked for breaks or hasn't been, hasn't complained about being tired once it's been, it's been phenomenal. Wow. So how does that work? Does he come to tennis practice for a little bit and then go compete in track track practices? Track practice happens before the varsity tennis team practice. So um, he's usually coming to varsity tennis practice a little bit late, but after running, you know, 800 meter, 400 meter sprints, those are his two events, I believe, um, for 
you know, an hour to an hour and a half before. And then it's a, it's a quick on-court warm-up, and then he's out there uh, playing practice sets with his, uh, with his younger brother, uh, Shane. They've been our, our number one doubles team all season. Well, well, and tennis is a marathon sport for sure. You can get into matches that go hours, and so I guess that really helps him out, right, having to practice for you know multiple hours at a time. Yeah, and he's he's been playing tennis at a at a national junior level for for so long. Um, you know, he's he's in great um, physical and cardio shape, and um, you know, going into the season, he and I had a, a, a great chat that you know he really wanted to uh, to try doubles after after you know playing singles, you know his his other years in winning state, um, the boys player. I think um, that experience previously with his national terms with singles, um, wanting to work on doubles to get more prepared for, for his college career um, has really helped him. Um, I think it's just special to be able to have him play his last year with his younger brother. I think that's a, a special thing. It's all about the partner you're playing with, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Shane's, and Shane's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, Kyle's uh, actually uh, won a couple of singles state titles, right? And this is just a different challenge for him. Yeah, different challenge. Um, he, you know, he won he won boys singles at state his uh, freshman and sophomore year. Um, unfortunately, state couldn't happen his junior year. So, um, you know, uh, he he really wanted to. He wanted he was looking for a different challenge, and um, you know, we we kind of settled on this, and it, it's it's been going very well so far. So what are team goals that you've set um, for let, let's start with the boys since we're talking about them right now. What, what are the goals that you've set for your boys? You know, um, the, the team goals were really, really been driven by, by the boys themselves. Um, you know, they're for them. Their goals were to um, qualify. I believe it was half of half of the team uh, out of districts into the state tournament um, to, to get a top three, finish team overall uh at this tournament and um so far i think we're we're moving in that direction when you look at state competition i mean who who what are some other schools that have done really well i know timberline's pretty good this year but what what are some other schools that you've used competition yeah you know um on the boys side uh we we got a tie uh with timberline overall boys and girls um I'd have to look at at the at the point breakdown. I don't remember boys versus girls who how that all broke down. Um, Boise High has some tough has, has a couple of very tough doubles uh, doubles teams and a, a, a talented boys double a singles player. Excuse me. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Centennial's got two very talented boys singles players. Um, I know there's some very talented players in uh, Twin Falls. Tegan Hartman um, is a senior. He's buddies with with Kyle. Um, and, you know, this is my first year really being plugged into the high school scene. So um, in, in some ways, I'm still kind of learning where players are at. Right. Right. Uh, okay. How about, how about the girls? What have you set for goals for your girls team? You know, uh, really, really similar. Um, as far as a team goes, you know, we, we wanted to get, um, you know, about half the team to qualify from, dist- from the district tournament into state. And then, um, you know, we're shooting for, for a top three finish. I mean, ultimately, boys and girls, we'd love to take home home the, the, the team title. 
Hello? Yeah. <laughs> you there still? I'm still there. My screen went black. Oh, geez. All right. Well, I'm. Hang on one second. I think I just got to plug my laptop in. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. No worries. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so, yeah, no, the, but the, I think we were talking about the girls in state, and, and, you know, the team goals are pretty similar. We're, we're looking to get um, about half the team to two districts. And then, um, you know, we're looking for that top three finish at state, ideally um, bringing home the title. And same with teams uh, that are competitive. Tim- Timberline and Boise both seem really good on the girls' side as well. Yeah, you know, we, um, I, I want to. Yeah, it, we've been close. Our our girls, honestly, um, the, Boise put a put a hurting on our girls at, at our first match of the season, but um, I I think we've progressed as a team uh, a great deal uh, since then. I think I think the girls are playing the best they've played. Um, all season right now, which is which is what you hope for. Absolutely, uh, Colin Gillum, first year head coach at Eagle High School. Thank you for joining us. We'll, we'll have to get back together sometime and talk more about Missoula. Which uh, which school did you coach at? Um, I helped out at uh, Sentinel. Okay, Sentinel Spartans. All right, yeah. all yeah, right. Go Spartans. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, we'll, yeah, we'll have to chat sometime about Missoula. But for now, uh, thanks for joining us. Best of luck here at districts and uh, at state as well. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That was Colin Gillum, head tennis coach for the Eagle Mustangs. And uh, like Johnny Cash said, he's been everywhere, man. (laughs) He's been in Florida, Texas, Alaska, Montana, Idaho. I think he's really settled in, though. He's been with the um, Eagle uh, Tennis Club for a while and now at Eagle High School. And so I think he's a great fit there for Eagle High and their tennis program. Friendly reminder, if you want to see who some of the best tennis performers are on a weekly basis or any spring sports performer in general, don't forget to check out the weekly honor roll at our website, idahosports.com. Every week we compile and put together and curate a list of all the top spring sports performances from the past week, baseball, softball, track and field, tennis, and golf. And we cover it all from way up north over to the western part of the state, over to eastern Idaho. We cover the central part and uh, all schools from 5A all the way down to 1A. And if you have a nominee for the honor roll or you feel like we missed somebody, email me, Brandon at IdahoSports.com, B-R-A-N-D-O-N at IdahoSports.com. So we mentioned we swing all the way from 5A to 1A. We're going to do that now. We're going to Potlatch High School. We're talking to Loggers softball coach Dean Butterfield next on the PrepCast. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast. Brandon Bainey joined now by Dean Butterfield, head softball coach at Potlatch High School, the number one ranked team in the 1A softball coaches poll. Coach Butterfield, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're delighted. So this time of year, I always have to ask uh, right off the bat, how's the weather been for you guys? Weather hasn't been horrible this year. I really can't complain. So you're off to a great start, 7-1 and one overall, 6-0 and oh in the White Pine League. Um, what has been the, the main source of your team's success here? Uh, just team unity. They're playing as a team. They like to hit the ball, stay aggressive. Pitching has been good. They're just all around team play. And this, from what I from what I've seen, is a a tight knit group of players that have been playing softball together for a really long time. They have been playing. Yes, they started like third grade together, but high school wise, with COVID and some injuries, we don't have a lot of experience as far as high school play. 
Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit. So, uh, how many years have you been coaching the potlatch softball team? I believe this is my ninth year. Okay. So you've been around quite a while. What were the impacts of COVID-19 on your program? Um, you can definitely see we had a, a quite a big few freshmen and they completely skipped a year. We had pitchers that were going strong and that was a year that, you know, they kind of took off. They couldn't go out, couldn't go out and practice the way they wanted to. So it definitely hurt. Yeah. Did you feel your team was behind the eight ball a little bit as the season began? Oh yes. I, I think they still are. And compare that to a program like like a Kendrick, which is the defending 1A champ. Of course, it was two years ago, but they've got some experienced players coming back. Uh, how do you see where your experience stacks up with the other teams in your league? Oh, I, I think we'll be good there. The league is a good league. But our girls, I mean, they want to win, and they like to compete. I, I think we stack up with anybody. Yeah, what would you identify as team strengths? Um, our pitching this year, we've got well, five pitchers that can come in and pitch at any time. And then uh, just being aggressive on the base pass and on defense, they, they want to go for the ball. So you mentioned pitching. When you get to state to be successful, every team's got at least one really good pitcher. The teams that are winning state usually have two or three. You feel like your pitching depth is, is pretty good. I do. I do. I, I have no problem putting four or five pitchers in at any time. So, so who do you rely upon in the pitcher's circle? Um, we usually start Rebecca Butterfield. She's well, she's averaging about 14 strikeouts a game. She's got eight different pitches. She can do it. And coming behind her would be up like Josie Larson. She comes in and does a, a great job. She's got three different pitches. And she, can, she throws the ball pretty hard also. So, uh, Rebecca Butterfield, you are Coach Dean Butterfield. Any relation there? It's my daughter. Okay. I always I always have to ask because in small town athletics, sometimes it's like nieces and nephews or cousins or, you know, you never want to assume. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I, I love uh, Potlatch. Uh, it's small town Idaho at its finest. You said a lot of these girls have been playing together since they were really young. What is the um, the camaraderie and the team spirit like? Um, most of us pretty good. When we hit softball season, they're a family. You know, some of them grow apart during this off season, but when they come in, it's it's family first. It's the softball family, and they know that comes first. And they do a good job of including everybody and being a family. That helps a lot. How many of your players are involved in other sports throughout the year, and how many do just softball? I think all of them do other sports. And I, I highly recommend they in small towns you have to play other sports. Yeah. That way they can succeed also. It it is. It's the lifeblood for sure. So let, let's talk about this White Pine League a little bit. Uh, the schedule's a little uneven at times. Let's start with you. You are the only school that has been able to play Troy this year. And then I saw the news that Troy is not going to continue with its softball program this season which which is disappointing but understandable with numbers and yes. things like that. But okay, so you were the only school that played Troy. Do you feel like that gives you an advantage over the other schools? Oh, not really. It wasn't. We played two three-inning games, we 15 run the three and I pitched a different pitcher every inning. In terms of the standings, how does that impact? I mean, because you you will have had two extra games over standing-wise, I don't believe they'll count it. 
Okay. So those games. what it sounds like as far as league. Yes. Okay. Another interesting dynamic on the schedule is, at least for me, the matchup I've been looking forward to the most is is Potlatch against Prairie. And we were supposed to have that matchup last week, but weather kind of pushed that now towards, I believe, is it the last game of the regular season for you guys? Yes, it'll be the last game. Okay. So it's May 7th. That's kind of exciting. Um, how, how do you view Prairie? They're, they're a team that is, is playing really well also this year. They're playing well. Yeah, they're a good bunch. Jeff Martin has coached for a lot of years. The girls, I mean, they they succeed in every sport they're in. They're good at volleyball, basketball, and that helps. I mean, they they come in with a lot of confidence when it's as far as the competition. In terms of uh, rivals, who, who who would you say is your biggest rival on the softball field? Oh, probably have to be Kendrick. I mean, the girls all get along. That's good of a small community, saying they're friends after the game. But, you know, Kendrick, last two years ago, that we beat them three times in the regular season in a district and then lost to them in the state title. Yes, and and Kendrick ended up winning that title in 2019 and then no season last year, so they are still the defending champs. You swept Kendrick earlier this year. Um, what what worked well for for your players in, in that two game sweep over Kendrick? Um, our pitchers were they hadn't seen the speed of our pitchers. They hadn't seen the different pitchers pitches. They were they were a little it, it had them in shock. Yeah, you mentioned Rebecca Butterfield eight different pitches. I assume that is a variety of speeds and also locations. Uh, it's a lot. She's got a a fastball. A screwball, curveball, rise ball, a couple different change-ups. Yes. Does she tailor what she's going to throw based upon the opponent, or does she kind of, in in the flow of the game, say these pitches are working better? How does she figure all that out? Uh, it's a little bit of the, the batter, who's batting, and then what is what is working, and then as far as like what the umpire's seeing that day. you got to kind of go with what the umpire likes that day, too. Yes. I know in some places um, games get canceled because of an umpire shortage. What is the, are you guys well stocked up there where you're at in, in district two white pine league? There are not a lot of umpires. The ones we have to do, do a fantastic job, but no, there's, there's definitely a shortage on umpires. Yeah, I, I agree. Umpires do a fantastic job and um, don't get the credit they deserve and get too much flack for sure. So very true. Very true. Yes. yes. So what what have you set as team goals uh, for Potlatch High this year? Um, they started first. You just asked, and most of them they're they're shooting for a state championship. And that would be the first state championship in school history for softball. Softball's only been around since 1997. But what would it mean to to the community of Potlatch and the players on your team to to be able to potentially deliver that? Oh, I think it'd mean a lot to the girls. I think the crowd and the community would really enjoy that, but I think the girls would think that's really neat. I mean, they've been close for several years. It'd be time to, it's time to bring one back, but as far as that, if it happens, it happens. If not, they're still very successful. Yes. Now, 1A is a little different because there's only two leagues, essentially, the Western Idaho Conference District 3 and then the White Pine, which is District 2. So, obviously, you can, you know who's good and who stacks up where in your league. Do you do you pay attention at all to what's going on in District 3, or do you not worry about that? Oh, usually I'll pay attention. 
some I don't worry about a whole lot. It looks like Glenn Ferry is is beating up on that league pretty bad. But, I mean, we've seen a lot of them notice we used to stay in contact. And the girls, you know, when they go to state, they will stay in contact with each other, which makes it really a neat thing, too. That's why I like that sport so much. I mean, my daughter has noticed girls she talks to and all that. It's It's nice to have that. Yeah, what's is is there? Do your players do a lot of summer ball as well? Where they're where they're crossing paths with players from different areas and things? They don't. I believe they're going to do it this year. Some have in the past, but last year with Corona, none of them got to do it. And then a lot of them are busy with other sports. Sure. Yep. I totally get that. So yeah, you mentioned uh, obviously the pandemic wiped out the season last year. This season ha- has COVID nineteen affected anything that your team has tried to do? We had to go on quarantine the second week of practice. We had to take a week off. Wow. What kind of challenges did that present? Oh, it made it pretty tough because you figure taking it, already taking a year off and then getting into practice and then having to take another one. And then we took that break and then spring break. And then we started right into games. So it was tough really with those two weeks off and then starting into games instantly. I, I can imagine, especially for pitchers, where you're trying to ramp up, you've you've done a week of practice, and then you're having to sit for a week. That could be tough. Yep, and they did a good job. I did tell the pitchers, hey, you know, we got to be in quarantine, but you guys can, you know, go out in the barn, throw into the wall, do something, keep that arm loose, stay on track. And they did a good job of that. Yeah, so you mentioned go out to the barn and throw around. Uh, it's Potlatch is a rural area. Do a lot of your players um, – because I talk to coaches from small communities and they say they put in a full day at school, they put a, put in the work at practice, and then they have to go home and put in a, a good hard day's work as well. Do you, do you find that a lot with your team? Oh, I do. Yes, we have a lot of girls that have that have jobs. Several of them makes it hard to play on weekends because they work full weekends. And that's that's the way a lot of these kids, that's the only reason they get to play. So they gotta got to have that job to pay for gas, that kind of stuff. It makes it makes it tough on them but it makes them better people i believe now you have a pretty condensed schedule here down the stretch you've played eight games where a lot of the other teams in your league have played 10 or even now into into double digits which means you've got a ton of games coming up in, in a very short amount of time do you feel like that will help prepare you for uh the postseason where you're playing in a tournament multiple days in a row boy it, it has its advantages and disadvantages Say if we'd have a couple player, couple players go into a slump or get injured, that could be devastating for the league standings. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, just in this week alone, you've got six games, and then you've got four the following week, all within you know a ten to twelve day stretch. What will your team have to do to finish the season strong? I mean, you've got a mix of teams that are t- towards the bottom of the standings, in the middle of the standings, and then, of course, the, the final two with Prairie, who is right behind you in second place. They'll have to keep their heads up and keep thinking about softball because we'll see several different ranges of pitchers. We're going to see some that are very slow, some that are throwing strikes all the time, some that don't throw strikes very often. And that brings up uh, you got to be on – on your game, are you going to swing at bad pitches? You'll be out in front of a real slow pitcher, and that makes it tough. That adjustment can be difficult for sure. So also with, with having so many games bunched together here, you've got a doubleheader with cul-de-sac on the 29th, 
Lapway a doubleheader on the first, Nezperce doubleheader on the fourth, and then Prairie the doubleheader on the seventh. With weather, let's say bad weather comes through and you have to, I mean, there's not much wiggle room in the schedule. What do you do? Well, that's true. You just got to do it. See, we're already cul-de-sac. Or they have some players down, so we won't be going there on Thursday. We'll actually be going there on Monday. Okay. So this week looks a little bit better, but next week, yeah, we'll be going Monday, Tuesday, and then Friday. Wow. Okay. That, yeah, so, I mean, if it had to come to it, would would you just have to cancel games and like with the Troy games and just say, you know, these games don't count in our standings? Or how, I mean, how does that all work? And that's done in different times. There's been some years, well, two years ago, there were some games that didn't do it. They just counted as nobody lost. But this year, I think they would probably do that. I We do have that last week. It'll say if Prairie and, I, Prairie and we are in the top two, then we don't play till the Thursday following that's when the districts will be. We will not have a play-in game. The top two teams do not have play-in. So we should be able to make that up gotcha. in that final week also. Yes. Okay. So you're so if you want to finish in the top two for sure, that gets you into the uh, the semifinal round essentially where you're not having to do a, a play-in game. Correct. Yes. Okay. Well, Coach Butterfield at Potlatch High School, we are. I'm excited to see um, what this team can do. You've been number one most weeks in the coaches poll, despite playing fewer games than almost everybody else, which I take as a big sign of respect from the other coaches that are voting in our poll every week. Um, how, how does that feel to to know that you've got the the respect of coaches, not just in your conference, but also down in that Boise area? That that should feel really good for the girls, and I've kind of told them because I. Well, all spring, I'm also an attractor in the field. So there's a lot of those weeks where I didn't vote. So for the respect from, I think, a lot of even the down south teams, I said, you know, that's neat, where we got quite a few votes and we hadn't even played a game. And so that means the other teams respect, and that's something for the girls that they need to think highly of. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that's true. You didn't even uh, play your first game until uh, we were a week into April. And so, yeah, for a while there, you were just sitting there zero and zero. Uh, well, thank you for taking a couple of minutes to join us. I'm very excited to see your team compete here. I know it's going to be a, a bunch of games over a very short amount of time, but hopefully um, we'll be able to talk a little bit further on down the road as you're uh, getting ready for districts or, or maybe even state, hopefully. Sounds fantastic. I appreciate the call, and I, I enjoy Idaho sports. I hope you guys keep it up. we got a lot of information there. It's, it's really nice. That was Potlatch softball coach Dean Butterfield taking a little bit of time out of his very busy schedule. As you heard him say, he's in the tractor most days. And so for farmers out there, you know it takes a big, a pretty big deal to, to get you out of the tractor and on the phone for you know, 15, 20 minutes. So we want to thank Coach Butterfield. And Potlatch, really, I mean, next week they are going to have eight games in the span of about five days it's going to be really intense to watch but i you know i think potlatch has got really good potential um to potentially bring home the first 1a championship in school history in terms of softball competition uh, that'll do it for this edition of the prep cast thanks for listening a couple of things to look for on idahosports.com i mentioned we're rolling into district time for uh, the spring sports scene and once again idahosports.com we will be uh, posting and updating the baseball and softball district tournament brackets. So it'll be pretty easy to follow your favorite baseball or softball team this postseason. 
All you have to do is check out the brackets on our homepage. We will have those up sometime next week. And then, as, as we said, we update those brackets in real time as scores come in. So a good way to track your favorite baseball or softball team through districts and into state. And speaking of state, once again, IdahoSports.com will be broadcasting every single pitch from the Idaho State Baseball Championships from 5A all the way to 1A. Every single game, live video streaming, free of charge. You're not going to find a better deal anywhere else. So stay tuned for that coming up uh, later on in May as well, the State Baseball Championships right here on IdahoSports.com. That'll do it for the PrepCast. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for listening. It's presented by Steve's Hometown Toyota in Ontario, Steve's Hometown Chevrolet Buick GMC in Fruitland, and Steve's Hometown Motors in Weezer. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here next week. Bye. Bye.